We are coming to the end. I know that that sound bothers some of you. I think it's an awesome sound for two reasons. Number one, it's not my child. <laughs> and number two, uh, the idea of having young people in church today is an incredible gift if you're a pastor. So um, we love kids here. We will work with them just like you do this coming week in the holidays when they're coming into your house and, and being kids. And so we're good with that, all right? Uh, we are in, um, again, we're in uh, coming to the end, the last message in our series on the I Am's of Jesus Christ. And next week we'll start a Christmas series for four weeks, but um, we're coming to the end of the last I Am statement of Christ. And it changes a little bit from what we've been talking about. Um, John, the writer of John, focuses on Jesus Christ as the Son of God. So he mentions seven times, seven statements that Jesus makes where Jesus says, I am blank. And the I am is a link to Moses in the Old Testament. The idea of uh, the, the, the adjective that he adds to it gives us some insight into the life of who Jesus is. It's kind of Jesus' way of describing himself. And one of the things that he said is, and we've been through them all, I am the bread of life. And we talked about the idea of sustenance. Uh, I am the light of the world, the idea of direction. We talked about when he says, I am the door, that's the only way to get to Jesus Christ. We talked about him as our good shepherd, the one who watches over and cares for and takes care of us. We talked about the idea that he's a resurrection of life. God, God didn't save us just to live a normal life. God saved us to live a life abundant and full of meaning and purpose and direction. We talked about I am the way, the truth, and the life, that he's the only way to God. You try to get to God any other way and you're going to fall short. You're not going to make it. And then this morning, we're going to talk about where he says, I am the vine. Um, here, here's what's different about today is that when Jesus makes this statement, it's in John chapter 15. Okay? John 14, he's talked about the fact that he's leaving. Um, and, and, you know, in my father's house are many mansions, that whole passage. The disciples are still worried because Jesus is leaving. So John... Talks, talks about this idea when Jesus says, I am the vine and all that's entailed in that. It's somewhat of a shift in that the first six deal with the relationship that you have to Jesus Christ, whether or not you're his child. The last one touches on that, but it spends a lot of time with the fellowship part of it. So let me help, you, help illustrate that to you, the difference, because I don't want you to confuse them, because some people take John 15, and they make it about relationship and those kinds of things. So let, let me help you understand it for a second. Um, we have two boys, uh, JT and Josh, right? I have a relationship in the fact that JT and Josh are my sons, right? Nothing is going to change that relationship of them being my son. They can say, Dad, I don't want to be considered part of the family anymore. It doesn't. So what? They're still my sons. They're my biological children. They are my sons. So that is what we're talking about when we talk about relationship. Okay? Fellowship is a different ballgame. Fellowship is completely different. Fellowship is based on our interaction, how much time we got together, how close we are, that kind of thing. So this past week, um, Josh has always been the child that... that made a big deal out of birthdays. Jimmy's is the 31st of December, so he always got, like, whatever. Um, 
because uh, he'd already had Christmas and then, you know, your birthday, like, you know, he's always felt like you left out, but he'll get over it. Um, uh, but so Josh, we always Josh because Josh has like, Josh for, for years has had like a whole birthday month, okay? Uh, and so anyway, so Josh this year for his birthday, you know, he said, okay, what do you want for your birthday? Um, and, and Josh and I love to blow glass together. And so he said, you know, he said, uh, we've been in the process of building equipment and getting stuff and trying to be able to do it at home and uh, at, at my house. And so uh, he said, I'd love to have that thing up and running. He said, and I'd love to just spend my birthday blowing glass. Well, uh, Friday was a big day. So on Friday, we got this thing set up so that we could get it all fired up. And so Friday night, uh, we got to spend about four or five hours blowing glass together until um, about 1.30 in the morning. Uh, and then uh, we got up Saturday and uh, fired it all up again and spent about six, seven hours doing it yesterday. Um, and then the goal is to do it again Monday night. Um, it, that's his actual birthday. So, you know, so here's the thing. Um, and, and we love it because it's an interesting thing to do. First of all, it's, the pace is, is unique. Uh, you, when you're doing glass, you kind of work together because there's some parts that you have to do together and, and you talk and you spend a lot of time. So in the last two days, I, I've spent probably 12, 14 hours with him. Now, I haven't spent that kind of time with JT this week. So let me ask you something. What do you think my level right now today, this morning, is with Josh? It's, it's high because we've had a lot of fellowship time together. Relationship I still have with both of them. Now, a month ago, we were working on JT's house, and I spent a lot of time with him building and fixing his house. So during that week, who do you think I had more fellowship with? See, the relationship, yeah, it's like he didn't, you know, yeah, Aaron. Uh, no, um, because <laughs> none of you wanted to, nobody wanted to be around you. Um, no, um, no, so the idea is this, our relationship, you, you understand that? Okay, that's really important, because a lot of times in Christianity, we blend those together. So we talk about relationship, we're talking about whether or not you have a, your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, all right? When we talk about fellowship, we're talking about how interconnected you are, how much time you spend together. How much time have you spent on your spiritual life? How much time have you spent interacting with God? Is that making sense? Okay. John 15 touches on relationship, but it spends most of the time on fellowship. Okay. Everybody got that? I want to make that really clear because I don't want you to confuse those this morning. Relationship, both of them are my son. Fellowship, it depends on the week. Um, I'm close to both of my boys, but some weeks I spend more time with one than the other. All right? So we got that clear? Now, with that in mind, we're going to go to John chapter 15. The idea of the vine, and that's what he's going to talk about in here, is a big deal in the Jewish world. All right? Um, the idea, in fact, Israel, um, one, you know, America, you know, if I were to ask you what the symbol of America is, you go, well, it's like an eagle. Um, the symbol for Israel was a vine, okay? It was a big deal. It was a, uh, they, they, they had it everywhere. It was a culture in which there were lots of grapes. Uh, it was, everybody was familiar with this vine idea and, and what it entailed, all right? And here's what he says. I am the true vine. 
My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So he's going to cut some of those off too. So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Um, I'll explain to you that in a minute. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So here's what he says. He says, okay, look, I'm the vine, your branches. Now, every week we have these plants on the platform, okay? Um, I, I try not to touch them. Greg takes care of them. And there's a reason for that, right? Um, you don't know it, but every week Greg prunes them. So this week, I texted him and said, hey, Greg, don't prune them this week. Don't, don't cut off the stuff this week. And then this morning when he came in, I said, hey, Greg, forget what I told you. Can you go up and prune one of them? And then when you prune it, I want you to leave all the stuff there, right? So here's two plants. This one was pruned this week. This is all the stuff that he cut off of this plant. Why? This was good stuff. Right? This was healthy stuff. Why? Because he doesn't want it to look like that. He wants it to look like this. And if you don't prune it, it looks like that. That's what Jesus is saying. Let's walk through it now with that in mind. Notice what he says. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. If you go and look at this, I hate to touch his plants, but they're really the Lord's plants. So um, this thing, it's got a little black spot on it. It's dying. So let's go through it. Every branch that bears no fruit, what does he do? He cuts it off. Okay. There you go. It's not producing fruit. It's already black. It's going to die. While every branch that bears fruit, that, do, that does bear fruit, he prunes. This is perfectly healthy, but that's not what we want. And that's not what we want. And that's not what we want with that. Why? I want it to look like that. Now all of that energy that these were taking, go to this. That gets healthier. Why? Because this stuff, this isn't bad, but it's not what's best. This is what he says. He says, look, so it'll become more. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Here's what he's saying. He's talking about relationship now. He goes, you don't need, when I do this, you don't need to go get resaved. When I prune off the dead stuff, you don't know, you're already clean. You're already, we already have a relationship. Okay? But remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. If I leave this here, and you come back next week, guess what? It ain't, it ain't going to be even this color green. It's going to be dead and fruitless. 
That's what he says. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You want to look like this, and this is what God wants for us? Then you've got to stay attached to the vine. You go and try to do your own thing in your own way, guess what? It may, this will look good for the rest of the service. And it will probably look good to the end of the day. But every day... It'll start looking worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Why? It's not attached to the plan anymore. The same thing happens in your life and my life. That's what, that's what he's saying. He's talking to disciples. The disciples are all worried because he's going to leave, and they don't know what's going to happen. And he says, it's very simple. I'm the vine. You're the branches. You stay attached to me. You stay in fellowship with me. You stay close to me. You, you're going to use the term abide in me, and you'll be fine. You'll be what I want you to be. By the way, here's something very interesting. Who's the gardener here? God. Okay? So let me, let, me, let me, again, don't take this illustration too far, but this is a big deal. If I'm God, pruning, when am I closest to you? When I'm pruning. Right? Have you ever thought about that? When God is getting rid of the gunk in your life, when God is dealing with you because of the stuff that he needs to get rid of, he's closest to you. And you feel like he's doing it out of anger. You feel like he's mad at you. He doesn't go at you with a weed whacker. He comes in and starts getting rid of the stuff that he knows is not going to let you end up. This is kind of easy when you've got to pick out the bright green ones. Um, I don't know about that one, but... Um, <laughs> You get the point? You get what he's saying? This is what he's saying. Now, 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 going on. Notice what he goes on next. Because he takes us a step further. Every time he takes us to another level. Listen to what he says next. Um, I am the vine, and you are the branches. We got that. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's, 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 he emphasizes this again. Again, this is what I want you to look like. In order to do this, I've got to prune off the dead stuff, and I've got to prune off even some of the good stuff. Because I want you to look like this. Healthy, vibrant, alive, solid. Notice what he says. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. That's what's going to happen to this stuff. All this stuff up here, we just leave it up here. I should probably leave it. If I was still doing this series, I'd probably leave it up here. But I... We're going to change topics next week, so I don't think it'll, I don't know, I might leave it up here. Anyway, here's the idea. What happened? It's going to wither. Such branches are done what? What do you do with these? You pick them up and throw them away. Back then, they threw them in the fire. Pick it up and throw it away. Get rid of it. Why? It it's, it's not attached anymore. It's not going to do any good. So I'm going to pick this stuff up and get rid of it. Okay are thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. Now, some people, again, they grab this verse out of context. Here's what he's saying. Look, when you're living like this, okay, and you're allowing God to prune stuff that needs to be pruned, you can ask God whatever you want, and God's going to deal with it. You know why? Because God knows you're asking it in such a way to help be a testimony and a light. 
He doesn't have a problem with that. If you start going, oh, does that mean I can just go ask for a new car because I want, you know, I want this version of car that I don't have? No, that's the kind of thing where God goes, uh-uh, I don't think so. That's not good for you. So we need to kind of, we need to deal, with, deal a little bit with your self-focus. Because you're focusing on you, so that's not going to be healthy. You're not going to, so let's get rid of that kind of thinking. Is this making sense to you? Okay. This is what he said. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you will, it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I want you to go out into the world like this, solid, healthy, alive, vibrant, focused, centered, all of this kind of stuff, purposeful. This is what I want for you. In order to do this, in order for you to be this, it means... That as the gardener, now it's getting a little dangerous now. Um, as the gardener, I've got to come in and I've got to get rid of the dead stuff. I grabbed these from the Operation Christmas Trail box, so they're probably not what Greg uses. Um, I've got to come in and I have to start doing this in your life. Because I want you to be that, not and I know it's looking better on the front side now, but not that. I still got a little more pruning to do there, don't I? Why? Because I hate that plant? Because while I was gone this week, this plant started to do this, and I'm mad, and I want to get rid of it? That's how some of you think God deals with you, is it not? And you're thinking God goes at you with a weed whacker and just shreds everything. No, God's going, you know what? I know that's how you feel, and I know it's really been tough, but you need to know. We need to get rid of that kind of thinking. Stick close to me. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, this is, not, this is not fun. Nobody likes to be cut and pruned and, 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 and fixed. But that's what I want. So in order to get that, we've got to do this. Right? Stick close to me. What happens is when God starts doing this in our life, you know what a lot of people do? Well, how dare God take that away from me? How dare God do that in my life? Since God did that, you know what? I don't want anything to do with God. And they pull away. And Jesus says what? You abide in me. You stick with me. You remain in me. You stay fellowshipping with me. We'll get to there. That's my goal. That's what I'm after. Disciples, you don't have to be all worried about me going away because I'm going to be doing this in your life and we're going to get to there. That's okay. Now, he makes the big jump. Listen to what he says. He takes it one step further past the abiding part and then here's what he says. As the Father has loved me. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about this idea that, you know what? This is done in love. Because he cares about the plant. He wants to be that. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. He said, one of the things that you have watched is as you've done really dumb things, I continue to love you. I continue to love you. You've asked some really bad questions, and I just continue to love you. I continue to stick with you guys. In fact, you guys didn't get a lot of what I said. I continue to love you. He said, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. 
He said, not only is there abiding, there's a love relationship here. Because the Father's acting in loving ways to get you where he wants you to be. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. He said, one of the reasons that I'm doing this is for your good. Yeah, guys, i got to leave. But here's what you don't know. What you don't know yet is after I leave, and he doesn't say this, what you don't know is after I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be with you 24-7. It's going to be even a better deal than what you have right now. You like being able to see me tangibly, physically, but you know what? There's going to be a Holy Spirit living within you permanently later on, and you're going to be so much better off. You'll never be alone then. But they didn't get all that yet. And that's what he tries, so he tries to illustrate this to us, okay? So we got this, relationship separate from fellowship, okay? Everybody clear on that? All right. Let's talk about some applications. First application, very, first application we have hammered all through the I am thing, and that's this. You have to make sure you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to make sure that, as he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you're going to try to get to heaven on your own, it ain't going to work. He's the vine, you're the branch. You have to be dependent upon him. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. He's the door. He's a good shepherd. He's the resurrection and life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You have to go through him. It's about a personal relationship, not religion, not ritual, not hoops that you jump through. It's about a personal relationship and faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. If you don't have that, I beg you, talk to one of us. Pick up one of the tracks by the coffee thing. Um, just let us share with you our journey and what God's done in our life. There's nothing more important than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Second idea is this. If you are a Christian, God will prune. He will prune bad stuff, dead stuff, live stuff. Why? Because that's what he wants. So when you and I start to do things or we start going down a direction maybe, it may not be sin. But it's not what's best. And God wants what's best. So God's going to say, let's start dealing with this in your life. You're getting to be pretty selfish. You're getting to be pretty self-centered. You're getting to be pretty angry. So you know what? Let's start dealing with some of those things. Why? Because I want you to go out into the world like that. This stuff, even though right now it's healthy, will eventually start to hurt the plant. Why? Because all of that energy takes away from this. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, this is what I want. So you know what? God is going to prune. And that's okay. And some of us, we, get, we think, again, why is he pruning? Because he hates the plant? No, he wants what's best for the plant. You know, Greg doesn't walk in the building every Sunday morning and go, I hate those plants, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's me, they'd be plastic because then I can't kill them. You know, 
But no, he comes in and he, he takes care of it. He cuts out what he needs to cut out and, and gets rid of it. And, and he picks it up and takes it to the trash and throws it in the trash can. And you walk in and go, oh, those are beautiful plants. What if you were the plant this week and you saw Greg coming down the aisle? You know, oh, no, he's coming again. Quick, let's hide. But that's the way it says. It's like God starts to deal with us in our lives, and he's dealing with us out of love because he wants what's best. And we're like, oh, no, God, why do you hate me? Why are you doing that to me, God? How am I doing? I'm getting there. You know, this is more of a job than I realized. Um, it's probably because I'm not any good at it. But, I mean, this is what, you know, I'm not doing this out of, oh, yeah, wow, look at that guy. Um, Getting there. Oh, there's another green one. Um, ooh, he goes way back here. Huh? <laughs> yeah, next Sunday you'll come in here and Greg's got a whole new plants up on the building. Like, yeah. Been taking care of that thing for months. Pastor destroyed it in about 20 minutes. Um, you doing it? Oh, that don't look right now. Um, I mean, is, you get the point? And this is what God's doing. And he's doing it out of love. But you go, yeah, but I really like that stuff. It wasn't what's best for you. So God said, you know what? You want to stick close to me? Then you know what? Here's part of the process. I got to do this. Because this is what I want from you. This is, I want you to walk out into the world like this. And the world goes, boy, I don't know what's going on there. But that's real, that's solid. They've gone through a lot of really tough stuff, and they still love the Lord. I've watched them handle disease in a way. I've never seen anybody else handle disease or cancer or sickness. I've watched them handle trouble in their family. Like, unlike anything else I've ever seen, I don't know how they do that. I want to know how they do that. And you're able to look at them and say, you know, it's not me, it's Christ in me. But in order for you to go through that, you had to go through this pruning thing. That's what he's saying. I'm the vine, you're the branches. I'm going to cut out the dead stuff. I'm going to cut out the good stuff. Because this is what I want from you. And for some of you who are struggling right now because God's been pruning in your life, you're like, I don't understand why God took that from me. That was something that was really good. That was a big part of my life. There may have been nothing wrong with it. But the reason God took it is because he wants people to be able to see you, even losing some of this good stuff, be able to faithfully serve him and follow him and keep going. That's what he's after. So pruning. And by the way, again, I go back to it. When am I closest to the plant? When I'm pruning it. Not out of anger, but out of love. And then the last thing is this. Because God deals with us like this in love, You know what he asks us to do when we go out into the world? Deal with them in love. So here's where this is going to get really uncomfortable for some of you. Some of you are going to be up with family and friends this week for Thanksgiving. And you know as well as I do, there are going to be some of those people at that event that know how to push every button you have. And they have mastered the ability to push them all at the same time. And there's going to be this great tendency for you to either not go, and you think that's easier because then you won't say something you're not supposed to say, or 
you're going to go and you're going to bite your tongue as long as you can. And then you're going to get out of there and you're going to go, survived another holiday. Or you're going to go into that event this week and say, you know what? God has been incredibly good and loving to me. How can I love those people this week? We talked about this in Sunday school. What's love going to ask of you this week? What, is, what situation are you going to find yourself in where everything in you wants to respond in a certain way, but you should respond in a loving way? Um, I shared with you my, my philosophy on Black Friday. You need to know, in our, in our family, we explain this to anyone who comes in our family early, Black Friday is a holiday in our home, Okay. There is a whole ritual surrounding Black Friday in our home. Not Thanksgiving so much, but Black Friday, okay? Um, and, and, and so part of the ritual is somebody, we haven't figured this out yet. It was easier earlier because JT and them were in the city. Somebody has to get the newspaper. Yeah, you haven't thought of that, have you? I have. I don't know who's going to do it. But, and they, they go in and they get like three or four copies. And then at some point on Thanksgiving Day, we all sit down and we map out a strategy for which stores we go to in which order. Okay, so it is all, it, it is like a military campaign, I'm telling you. Okay, we're going to have this car parked here, we're going to have this person there, and we're going to have this person there, and we're going to go this one first, and then we're going to hit that one, and then we might split up and go here and there, and then you guys, we come back together, and we, it, is, it is an event in our home. And I don't apologize for it either. You're like, you're insane. I don't, you know, it's just my fun day. I mean, I buy all my tools then. I get all my stuff then. And I, most everything I buy for the year, I pretty much buy on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Um, but I don't have to leave the house on Cyber Monday. Um, but it's this big event, okay? My boys worked at Best Buy. So this was back when um, it was, we would get up, and when I was part of this. We'd get up like 2 o'clock in the morning and stand in line with coffee and stuff like that for the store to open at five when they were handing out coupons. You know, we've done that. We go, this goes way back in our family, right? And my boy, in fact, my boys, they were, they, they were working and they would, they would tell us where the stuff was so we could go out and get it. And, and so anyway, um, and my boys would talk about how horrible it was because they both worked at Best Buy, how horrible it was to work Black Friday because people were rude and obnoxious and mean. And it's gotten a little better now because the sales are extended both that ways. So... Um, and I, it's up to you. I don't do Thursday. Never done Thursday. Probably never will do Thursday because I think people should be spending time with their family. Um, but at, at 12.01 on Friday morning, that's a different ballgame. Um, so anyway, so, um, so anyway, so we just started thinking about that. So a couple years ago, with, when we had the girls, you know, because they think about stuff like this. Um, some, somewhere we came up with this idea or read it or heard about it, somebody else doing it. Um, we start putting together bags of candy uh, for Black Friday. So uh, I have like, so this is what we'll do Thanksgiving Day is we'll put together bags of candy. And then I type up a note. It says, look, I know people treat you bad on this day. And I know it's really hard working long hours and being in retail. But you need to know that there are people who appreciate it. So on behalf of our family, thanks from the Thomas family. And we make these candy bags. And then anybody who waits on us or anybody who we see having a hard dime or anybody who checks us out, we give them a bag of candy with that note in it. 
And we've done this, for, and that's become like one of our favorite things to do, uh, is, is to do that. And it's just, our, and you'd be surprised the response we get. It's like, well, thanks. Nobody ever thought of us like that. Why? What is love going to require of us? These are people who are being abused and mistreated all day long. Shouldn't I, as a Christian, and I don't put a track in or anything, I just go in and say, thanks. Here, you know, let me help you, ha- let me help you spend more money at your dentist. Here, take the bag of candy. Why? What's love required? When your spouse comes home and you ask them something and they're all ouchy, what's love required? When your coworker who pushes all your buttons pushes them that day, what's love going to require? When you're dealing with the public this week, what's love required? When you're dealing with your family, what's love required? I'm the vine, you're the branches, I love you. Just as I have loved you, and just as the fathers loved me, I've loved you. And as you've, I've loved you, I kind of expect you to go out and love other people. You want to know what the greatest commandment is? Love God and everybody else. Yeah, the vertical is important, but so is the horizontal. Be loving towards the people you encounter this week. I'm the vine, you're the branches. I'm taking care of you. I'm, re- I'm acting in loving ways towards you to get you to be what you want to be. I need you to go do the same to other people too. So they see me in you. My challenge to you this week is how are you going to act in loving? If you have a relationship and you're okay with how God's pruning, you've worked through all that stuff, how are you going to show love this week to people you run across? How are you going to do it? What's love going to ask of you this week? Because you see, when they looked at the early church, you know what they were shocked at? We can't believe the way they love each other. We can't believe the way they take care of each other. We can't believe the love that comes from those people. Where'd we go wrong? That's what the world has to see in us we start responding that way, the world starts to see our Christ. That's our challenge. And as Jesus gets ready to turn these disciples loose and walk away from them, he says, guys, I'm going to be close. You keep sticking close to me. You remain in me. You allow me to continue to love you and you love other people. That's how this thing goes forward. So I end with this this morning. Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Make sure you have the relationship with Christ and then abide with him close in fellowship all week. Growth requires pruning. And God works in our life motivated by his love for us. He then challenges us to act in love towards others as well. What will love require of you this week? as you seek to serve the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, it's easy to talk. It's easy for us to focus on a relationship with you and make our relationship with other people separate. 
But Lord, throughout Scripture and throughout your life here, you showed us they are not separate things. So help us. Lord, for those who may not have a relationship with you, would you help them to understand the vital importance of a relationship with you? For those of us that have a relationship, Lord, may we continue abiding in your fellowship. May we continue sticking close to you. May we, Lord, even in times of pruning, both good and bad, Lord, trust you to know what's best for us. And Lord, as we go out into the world this week, may people see a a group of people who genuinely love you. And it's demonstrated by the way that we love those around us. These things we ask in your name. Um,